Welcome to the Weekly Word from St. Andrew Lutheran Church in Farmersville, Ohio. Good morning.
resound with praise for God. For he comes to judge the earth. Lord, open our hearts to worship you in this house. And fill this hour with your presence and power. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. <clears throat> Almighty and eternal God, you know our problems and our weaknesses better than we ourselves.
Good morning. Good morning. I think it's working pretty good, don't you? <laughs> the first reading is from Ezekiel 33, 33rd chapter, verses 7 through 9, found on page 1339. Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. So hear the word I speak and give them warning for me. When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you will surely die. And you do not speak out to dissuade him from his ways. That wicked man will die for his sin. And I will hold you accountable for his blood. But if you do warn the wicked man to turn from his ways, and he does not do so, he will die for his sin. But you will have saved yourself. The second reading is from the 13th chapter of Romans. Verse 1 through 10, found on page 1764 and 65. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities have, that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do not so, who do so, will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and he will commend you. For he is God's servant to do you good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword for nothing. He is God's servant, an agent of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also because of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants. You give them full time in governing. Give everyone you what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. The commandments do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and whatever other commandment there may be, are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Here ends the reading.
Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 18th chapter, beginning at the 15th verse. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault, just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I tell you that if two, that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters, grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm really genuinely proud of our St. Andrew Church family. Now, I'm not just saying that because I'm your pastor, but I am genuinely proud of us, everything we've gone through, and everything which, by the grace of God, we've been able to accomplish as a church family. I know I probably never said it much before, and I probably should definitely say it more often, especially since it would greatly help our morale to hear it more often, so I wish to apologize for not saying it so often as I should have. What's especially helped me to realize this has been talking to a number of people around the community and other places um, just in the last couple weeks, and being able to talk about everything we've already got planned now that the summer break is over. We just had a wonderful rally day and youth Sunday last week. We're looking forward to being able to reach people in a special way at the Pretzel Festival this weekend. We're going to be taking our youth and possibly other special guests on a trips to Tom's Maze in October. We're going to be welcoming back Dabak in November, as well as having a lock-in for the youth. And most importantly, no, I didn't forget it, we have our fall dinner coming up on November 4th, which is not only a tradition we ourselves have been particularly proud of, but which many others look forward to year after year. In fact, many of us have probably gotten asked throughout the year if we're going to do it again. As I talked about a couple weeks ago, the fact that we are a small town church with a multi-generational family makeup with several committed families are ready and eager to offer friendship and support to everyone in our church family and have a traditional yet flexible worship style are all things that, are, that remain appealing and relevant to many people today. So we really do have a lot to be proud of for ourselves, to continue to celebrate and continue to be, and especially keep us, uh, keep, to help keep us being who we are, because who we are is special enough. And if we continue to build on these strengths and special qualities we have, we will continue to be in a position to grow upward from where we've been. And in order to grow, we are to be a place where people can feel welcome, comfortable, and accepted. And in order for that to take place, there has, there has to be an atmosphere of genuine welcoming, support, and acceptance, which can be mainly created through letting people know they are welcomed in right away, valued as part of our church family, and of everything they wish to contribute be celebrated and fully utilized. And this comes from helping people to feel safe as part of our church family, where people can feel embraced and protected by us. Now there are things 
there, there, there are things that can sort of disrupt this kind of atmosphere. And, and, one of, and, and one of those is gossip. Gossip and misinformation can cause much hurt and misunderstanding. Without knowing the situation involved and simply guessing, there can be a lot of damage done to reputations. It can break family and friendship circles, which is why today's sermon is titled Fixing the Circle. Since harsh words, rumors, and tail-bearing can break apart relationships if left unchecked. <coughs> Gossip is usually an inevitable part of the culture in small towns like ours, but in order for us to be a welcoming church family, we are to be mindful of how we act towards each other and towards potential new members of our church family, which at this point can easily be anyone in our community. As it happens, Martin Luther offers a simple, a simple example for how to be able to be an antidote to gossip and rumors. In a small catechism, Luther explains the Eighth Commandment, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor in this way. We should fear and love God so that we do not deceitfully misrepresent, betray, slander, or defame or lie about our neighbors, but defend them, speak well of them, and put the best construction on everything. In every situation, especially those involving, involving our neighbor, we are to apply the law of love. We are to seek true understanding of what is happening and to know the facts before making any sorts of assumptions or statements. We are also to put the best construction on our neighbor's actions, because although we may not fully understand our neighbor's motives, he or she is still doing both what he or she knows to be best and is able to do. It is not our job to police behavior, nor is it our job to insist on conformity in appearance or adherence to what we believe rules ought to be. That is why Paul emphasizes in our second reading from Romans, which Ronnie read for us just a few moments ago, that all the commandments can be summed up simply as, love your neighbor as yourself. The commandments are meant to provide us with the best relationships. We love and respect God by worshiping Him as the one true God, honoring His name, and spending time with Him regularly. A good and healthy relationship with God then leads to us seeking healthy relationships with each other, looking out for each other's health and well-being, protecting each other's livelihoods and reputations, and making sure our neighbors keep everything of value that is rightfully theirs. We have a responsibility to each other just as Jesus has a responsibility to us. In fact, that is what the hymn we sang earlier, Trust and Obey, really means. To be happy in Jesus means to follow his example. And the example he has provided us is one of care and concern for each other, just as he does for us. Jesus cares about our reputations and wants us to be safe with him, which is why he accepts us for who we are. He then wants us to do the same to others, to accept others for who they are, and to have them feel safe with us. Now, all that being said, and I know what some of you are probably thinking, trust me, I'm already there. Aren't we supposed to confront sin? Well, yes, but not in the way you think. As Ezekiel admonishes us in today's first reading, if we do know of someone, especially someone in our families or close circle of friends who is engaging in behavior or habits that are genuinely and visibly causing harm to ourselves, to, to themselves, their well-being, their families, or their relationships, then we do have the right to step in and intervene. 
This is a part of, a res of having responsibility to each other and expressing it in a helpful way. But again, this is only to be done where real and obvious harm or hurt is taking place and multiple people are involved and affected. It is also, according to the example Jesus laid out in today's Gospel reading, to be done in a genuine manner of concern one-on-one, -on -one, as confidentially and privately as possible, involving only those who can exercise the same sort of loving approach. We are not to put ourselves in the position of judge in those cases, or assume some sort of moral superiority, but instead as equal family members and friends who have shared in the same struggle. Yes, we are trying to confront sin, but we can even say that this is the real definition of sin. Sin is not simply breaking or disobeying laws or commandments, but instead causing great harm to ourselves or others. When we confess that we have sinned against God and each other in thought, word, and deed, we are confessing those, th those things which we have done to either cause harm or wish harm on ourselves or others. As we confess, we are also to resolve to amend our ways and behaviors, especially in, in how we behave towards others, in, especially to have how we behave towards others reflect the example of Jesus. Thankfully, because Jesus offered himself as a sacrifice for our sins on the cross and then rose again, all our sins are forgiven. Everything we have done to hurt ourselves and others has been erased. And we are able to start over again with new thoughts, new actions, and new ways of living toward others. As we embrace this new way of living and being, we are able to demonstrate the unique kind of family we are and bring more people to a relationship with God. And as we do so, we will be able to love God and love others and truly fulfill God's law. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.
And now together let us confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated as we receive the offering. We wish to let our visitors and guests know that you are under no obligation to give. This service is our gift to you. Remembering the caring and generous works of God, we pray for the church, the world, and the needs of our neighbors. Heavenly Father, lead us in paths of intentional compassion and listening. Bless this congregation with humility, gentleness, and wisdom. Help us to speak truth of your love for all people with so much love that others eagerly seek the mercy, reconciliation, and life that comes from Christ. Help us extend hands of reconciliation and care especially in relationships within our families, our neighborhoods, and our communities. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for families, congregations, and communities in which people have hurt one another. They struggle with betrayal and anger. They need humility to confess and repent when they have done wrong. They need courage to forgive when they have been wronged. They need hope to relearn trust. Refresh them with your spirit and nourish them with your word. Give them the grace and mercy of Jesus so they can heal and reconcile to your glory and for the sake of their fellowship. Lord, in your mercy. <clears throat> Inspire us to lead with honor, O God. Guide judges and legislators, police and government officials to create and uphold just laws. Move us to treat all people with dignity and guide our conversations with one another. Lord, in your mercy. Help us comfort those who suffer, O God. Reassure any who are harmed by the wicked acts of others. 
Bring peace to all who are vulnerable, frightened, despairing, or sick, especially those whom we name silently in our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, be our hope, O God. We remember with thanksgiving your disciples who have died in faith. May their trust in your promise be our protection and our hope. Lord, in your mercy, into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Subscribe to the Weekly Word, please visit your favorite podcast provider. 
May God bless you now and always.